Hello and welcome back to the Firestarters Podcast. I'm Colin, here with Joe. Yeah. Today, we've got a week four recap. Let's chop it up. Welcome to episode 11 of the Firestarters Podcast. It is 7.24 p.m. on October 4th of 2021. Joe was cracking. We're trying to get week four wrapped up, but somehow there is a lightning delay in Los Angeles when the Chargers play in a dome. Yeah, I feel like you can't get much more protected from lightning than having a roof over your head. The irony of the Chargers (laughs) having a lightning delay. Bolt up. Well, we won't have any updates on the game. Until it gets going. So hopefully we get some big Darren Waller because I need about 24 points out of him to, to win a matchup. So big, big hopes in a, a huge game for Darren Waller. Yeah, I hope Josh Jacobs' ankle is nice and taped extremely well. <laughs> I could use a couple Russian touchdowns from Yeah, you and probably a lot of people leaning on Josh Jacobs for the first time in a couple weeks. We had some pretty solid games this this weekend. And this uh, is true. Starting, starting with Thursday at night football. Had the Jags and the Bengals. The Bengals squeaking it out. Yep. Uh, what do you think of Trevor Lawrence's best game yet? I think it was kind of overshadowed by Joe Burrow's, like, Moxie, he yeah, was, he was, he was feeling like a, a wild event out there. He said, "Put the ball in my hands." <laughs> he was, he was yeah, pretty hyped. He, he looked good. The future for the league looks good though with these two. Uh, Trevor made some very beautiful passes as he does, um, and then he also lost one of his weapons on the outside in DJ Shark with what I believe is a broken ankle. So. Yeah, got a fractured ankle on what looked like a high ankle sprain, which basically is the worst-case scenario. Trevor Lawrence's first game without a turnover. Threw 204 yards, uh, no touchdowns, but he ran one in and tried to run in another one on a very questionable play call from Urban Meyer when they were on about the half-yard line. And they probably should have either done a QB sneak or handed it to James Robinson, who was cooking all night. And they decided to do a speed option. <laughs> ugly, ugly, ugly play calls in this one. But that's what you're going to get when uh, you have Urban Meyer calling these games. Yeah, he seemed like he he might have had other things on his mind. <laughs> yeah, that I mean, Uzama had a good game. That's I mean, Tyler Boyd stepped up in T. Higgins' absence. He should be back next week, though. Mixon leaves with an ankle sprain, going to be considered week to week. Uh, we warned you that this may happen with Joe Mixon. Perine season. Yes. So uh, go grab your, your Chris Evans and your Samaj Pirine because you never know when Joe Mixon is going to be 100% again this season because it doesn't seem to happen very often when he gets dinged up like this. Which is unfortunate, because after that first week, 
the, the mix of truthers are coming out. Like yeah, they're coming out the woodwork. It's his year. Buck 20. <laughs> touchdown. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're feeding him like a bell cow because they don't have a real number two running back now that Geo's gone. But it, it didn't matter at the end of the day because it doesn't seem like he can handle the bell cow role. I think this offense is better when the ball's in Trevor or Joe Burrow's hands anyways. So. Yeah, I agree. Joe Burrow, with all these weapons that they've gotten for him, the O-line is improved and giving him a little bit of time to make decisions, and he looks more and more confident every week, kind of rolling out and making plays and yep. ad-libbing. So really, really exciting to see Joe Burrow get out and, and get cooking. And it was against Jacksonville, and they did only win by three at the end of the day. But with the, Bing- the Bengals being kind of a bad team, you like to see them winning these these games against teams they should beat, especially on Thursday night. I mean, they're three and one. Yep. So <laughs> they sure are. What can you say? Exactly. <laughs> we can move on to a two teams that don't have bell cow running backs. Uh, the Washington football team against the Atlanta Falcons. Unfortunately, J.D. McKissick is still eating in Antonio Gibson's role. We might just bring this up every week until it stops happening because we, we just want the best for Antonio Gibson and his workload. The same goes on the other side, too. The, the Falcons just need to cut Cordell Patterson so that the skill position players can get some work because he seems to suck everything away from Mike Davis, Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts. For some reason, he's the focal point of this offense now. He's just, he's running the ball. He's catching passes. He's returning kicks. He's scoring all the touchdowns for the team. <laughs> it's driving me crazy. Okay, he, the craziest thing about this, this performance, he had 11 touches on 30% of snaps. And he ended up with 43 PPR points. He might just be the best player in the league. <laughs> no, but the efficiency is crazy in, in the past game. And I don't know why they still use him as a running back. Just He's a wide receiver and a kick returner. I don't know why every team keeps trying to make him a running back. When you have Mike Davis, you could line them both up in the backfield, but Cordero should just be running routes anyway, but apparently it doesn't matter. He's going to go do his thing and score four touchdowns or three touchdowns and leave it at that. And Calvin Ridley is only getting two more receptions at him and less receiving yards for some reason. And Kyle Pitts got targeted nine times, which is good to see. Some of those were harder to reach than others thanks to Matt Ryan but uh, Kyle Pitts should be okay I think Uh, and yeah I mean Cordero Patterson who would have thought at the beginning of this season that he'd be like top five running back and Atlanta goes back to blowing games (laughs) oh yeah you'd love to see that Dan Quinn special carried over to Arthur Smith's regime (laughs) oh Oh, yeah. Um, Washington pulled this one out. Taylor Heineke was going with the old F it, 
<laughs> Terry McLaurin's down there somewhere. <laughs> and he did true. that a couple times. Scary Terry Curtis coming Samuel through. Curtis Samuel came back. Four catches for like 30-some yards. Wasn't anything crazy. Nothing nothing too special. But, yeah. <laughs> Another guy to eat into Antonio Gibson's production. Yeah, right. Another guy to catch short passes instead of Antonio Gibson. And throw him in the backfield. Why not? Yeah. Oh, man. But Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin, six receptions, 123 yards, two touchdowns. This is exactly the types of games you expect to see out of him against bad defenses like the Falcons. And Taylor Heineke seems to just want to funnel the ball to Terry McLaurin, which is the perfect situation. I mean, 13 targets. Nobody else on the team had more than four outside of McLaurin. So big-time, big-time production from him. Logan Thomas left this game with a hamstring injury. He's going to be week-to-week, so that could be even more production. I I think that's what's going to be the outcome of it is it just continuing to go to Terry. He's the only household name at wide receiver for this Washington team. And Heineke continues to be able to move the ball and score points with this uh, football team offense, which is a really, really big benefit for him. Um, Because when Fitz went down, there was some questions, but Heineke looks pretty solid filling in. Yeah, this is why they signed him to that extension to see if he could build on that great end of the year last year. Seems like he's really comfortable in this offense. I mean, 290 yards, three touchdowns, no turnovers. And then he also tacks on five carries for 43 yards. Just a really, really solid game. Uh, it, It seems like they are fine at quarterback until Fitzpatrick comes back because Heineke is doing his thing. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they stick with Heineke uh, when Fitz does come back, uh, depending on what this team's looking like in week eight or nine. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, I hope for Fitz that that doesn't happen because that'd be really unfortunate just based on how his career has gone so far. But if Heineke keeps putting up stat lines like this, I mean, I can't really blame Washington if they want to stick with the hot hand. You got to play to win the game. <laughs> Uh, you want to know who didn't play to win the game? Oh, can I guess? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Is it the uh, the negative five score of Davis Mills? Yep, Davis Mills and the Houston Texans. They <laughs> lost 40-0 to zero <laughs> against <laughs> the Buffalo Bills. Davis Mills with 87 yards, four picks, and a fumble lost. Not the greatest game. His debut went a lot better than this. Uh, I mean, there's not a whole lot to talk about with this game. Bills just dominated altogether. Mills, I think three of the interceptions were tipped or dropped by a receiver. So I'm not going to put all of the blame on Davis Mills, but he did look pretty bad. This this Bills defense, this is their second shutout in four games. Um, They're a top five defense in fantasy and there's no way they should still be on the waiver now, but if you can find a way, I might even trade for a defense. Cause like, yeah, they played the Jets twice a year. Yeah, and the Patriots, Yeah, who is proven not to be able to score the ball or score touchdowns at least. Uh-huh. 
and they shut out Miami. So it's like, this could be the top defense at the end of the year. And if you're playing in just a simple redraft that you've got your two wide receivers, two running backs, quarterback, and flex, and then kicker and defense, if you're getting 20 points from a defense a week, yep. <laughs> that, can, that can win you a league. So the thing is about this game is the Texas defense actually looks solid. The problem is by the end of this game, they were on the field for most of it. So <laughs> <laughs> they they were pretty gassed out and but they held the the Bills to a lot of field goals. And they picked off Josh Allen in the first drive and if Davis Mills completes a pass Houston goes up early in this game because of their defense. But obviously it didn't go that way, and it went downhill very <laughs> fast for the Texans. But this defense actually looks pretty solid, and I don't hate it. And then the biggest storyline coming out of this is Dawson Knox. Continues to catch I, touchdowns. Continues to catch touchdowns. I mean, he had eight targets. He has three straight 10 plus point games and he had 8.1 in his first game he's been getting most of the work at tight end and this is his highest target share of the season so far so maybe somebody that you picked up in that tight end carousel Mm -hmm. that can kind of just stick and you don't have to stream tight ends now that Dawson Knox is kind of getting some steady work this Buffalo offense is just producing i mean when you're pitching a shutout you're getting the sheer amount of possessions you're getting in a game like this which is yeah why they they kicked so many field goals i mean tyler bass was incredible today as yep. a kicker and then even mitch trubisky got a touchdown <laughs> like they get everybody in I, the running backs are getting you 10 plus just because the bills offense is on the field so much yeah so Look at and they're winning the whole game. So I mean, it's looking like top offense. (laughs) Yeah, I mean it's close. Like I I was talking about Josh Allen QB one, but this whole offense is viable. Yeah, in in one way or another, because like obviously Steph Diggs is your your bona fide wide receiver one, but Emmanuel Sanders is getting plenty of looks, and then Cole Beasley gets all of the slot work. Yep, and then now Dawson Knox is getting involved. And if this offense is firing on all cylinders and Singletary and Moss, like, it's just, it's nuts. If it's fun a bad for team, everybody. It, <laughs> if they're playing a bad team, literally every person on the Bills is fantasy relevant. You could have, every, like, all of your entire fantasy team as the Bills <laughs> starting offense, and you could win. Yeah. Yeah, because like this week, if you had Josh Allen, Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, Steph Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, Dawson Knox, Tyler Bass, Bills defense, defense, you you watch the other team. (laughs) That's crazy, right? And someone in Buffalo probably has that team. I I had that team uh, as of Packers basically in 2011. And I won the championship just because that team was so that lethal. Oh, that was that 15-1 year, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. So that, that Bills team is fun. Uh, Josh Allen, the, it's a pretty pretty tight 
uh, kind of MVP race right now. There's a lot of guys at that top tier that mm-hmm. that are battling it out. I, I was saying Kyler for a while, but Josh Allen with three really good games in a row and two like big statement games in a row. Yeah, the Bills, similar to the Packers. I mean, that, that week one game against Pittsburgh, just the throwaway game. That's yep. that was the preseason for him, you know, just like the Packers against the Saints. That was basically a preseason game. Throw away that week one game. Season started week two, and Buffalo is three and zero since then. Exactly. Moving on to some a pair of NFC North teams that are not the Packers. The Bears beat the Lions twenty four to fourteen. Fields looked better in this game than he did last game, but. That's because Matt Nagy wasn't calling plays this game. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> he woke up in the middle of the night and was like, I'm going to get fired if I keep doing this. <laughs> he made a call. And look at that. He still has his job. He, he had a nightmare. He was walking out of the building and the jet, he, he had the, the jets on the line. <laughs> and he's like. Woke up in a, in a cold sweat. Cold sweat. <laughs> and he's like, oh, Brian Laser, you, you got to call this game, man. You got to. <laughs> hey, it seemed to work uh, out. Yeah, I mean, so uh, Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney. Yep. This is exactly what we were hoping to see once Fields got the starting job was Darnell Mooney being unlocked and unleashed because – he found him three times on deep routes, and they were all – well, one was a little bit harder to catch, but two were gorgeous throws, and one was an incredible catch. And Mooney was basically five or more yards of separation on all of them. So 125 yards on five receptions and then a carry for 10 yards is just exactly what we want to see out of this Bears offense. So Justin Fields – not a great game stat-wise, but a much better game than last week. Yeah, you, you see his ability to throw the deep ball, and when you got a guy like Mooney that's getting that separation, this is a match made in heaven. Unfortunately, it comes at the expense of Allen Robinson, who had, what, three targets, six targets? Yeah, three targets, three receptions, 63 yards. 63 yards, yards yeah. So, so we can we can only hope that Allen Robinson just leaves next year and <laughs> Mooney's the wide receiver one. Allen Robinson can go to a good offense, be the wide receiver one. It'll be happy times for everybody. Well, I think that they aren't going to be throwing this few times in most games because Fields only had to throw 17 passes this game. David Montgomery with 23 carries, 106 yards, and two touchdowns. Huge game. Unfortunately, leaves with a knee injury. And then Damian Williams had eight carries, and Khalil Herbert had three carries. So they were really relying heavily on the run game, and it worked because they were up pretty early, I think 14-0 in this game. So they didn't really need to rely on fields, but when he had to deliver, he definitely did. Robinson, all three of his catches were... I think he had one slant, and then the other two were pretty impressive. I'm happy that it's 63 yards yeah. on three receptions. That's that's what gets me kind of excited about the potential of this offense is everybody is getting this 10, 20 yards per catch 
rather than being this dink and dunk offense that Andy Dalton was was throwing and then Fields was throwing last game. Well, unfortunately, it looks like it might be going back to that next week because (sighs) word on the street is Andy Dalton will be back for week five. And per Matt Nagy, Andy Dalton, when healthy, is their starter. Andy Dalton must have one of Matt Nagy's relatives, like, locked up in his basement and is holding him hostage and is saying, like, hey, Matt, you have to play me. And if I don't... I'm going to put the red rifle to to you, (laughs) Smith. He does look more intimidating with the the big, gorgeous ginger beard on his face. Yeah, it's true. It's true. He looks like he belongs in Game of Thrones. Moving on to a really good game, the Dallas-Carolina game. Dallas won 36-28. Dallas looks like the real deal. Uh, Dak Prescott looked fantastic. Zeke looked younger, faster. He had bursts. Slimmer. Yeah. He, he just he looked more athletic than he has the past few years. And then, I mean, Amari Cooper and Cedric Wilson had the games at receiver. Wilson only because he scored a touchdown. This was a really heavy run game for the the Cowboys. And then Dalton Schultz is apparently wide receiver one because he got eight targets. And yeah. all the wide receivers got none of About them got more than eight five. combined. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> this is pretty pretty close. I was just trying to do the math real quick in my head. They got 10, 10 combined targets, and Dalton Schultz got eight by himself. So they must have saw a, a weakness in Carolina's defense and exploited it with tight ends because it it was working. Well, yeah, it, it seemed like every, any sort of action off the play action, it was like whether it was the flat, up the seam, just – even the the rolling out, it's like Schultz was just wide open over and over, and Dak's gonna take that all day. Yep. Then yep, it's easy. Dak Dak looks fantastic. Yeah, uh, he was running the ball, and when he had to, he was getting out of the pocket. He was going out. I think he had what was there a twenty five yard gain, twenty yard gain? It could have been. He had four carries for thirty five yards. Yeah, he he was looking good. That yep. ankle's holding up good. He's mobile. Seems like he's getting more and more confident in it and it must be getting a little less sore because he looks just a little more spry when when he's taken off and when you got zeke and pollard that just slashed this carolina defense that was supposed to be really good against the run that just opens everything else up for dak and just makes the game so easy uh the the score really doesn't reflect how this game went uh dallas blew it open 33 to 14 in the third quarter and that was pretty much where all the production kind of stopped was at that point. Right. But they leaned on the run heavy again the third straight week. Um, does that concern you at all looking at these pass catchers, that they're leaning on the run that much? Um, kind of because just because this one-two punch at running back is so dynamic where Zeke can get you all of the hard yards and then Pollard is so explosive and then he also is like he helps so much in the pass game Mm -hmm. 
So I it it concerns me a little bit, but I think Amari Cooper and CD will be fine just because they're so good that I don't think they'll be overshadowed because at the end of the day, them only completing 14 passes, I don't think is going to be a commonality across this season. I think they're going to be throwing more against teams that they have closer games with. I mean, like you said, they blew this open. They had two interceptions from Trayvon Diggs. Mm -hmm. So if they don't like, it, I don't know if they're going to be getting an interception every game, but they might. I mean, Trayvon Diggs seems like a superstar <laughs> so far this season. But if if they're not getting those turnovers, then it, it'll be a lot closer, and you, you'll see CD and Amari putting up that elite production again. But if they if their defense keeps playing lights out like this, yeah. then Zeke could just finish as a top three running back. I, I think the path is easily there for that to happen. I mean, after week one, we were we were saying, do not overreact. It was, yeah. it was the first week, and that seems to be the outlier game now, where Dak threw 50 times, and Zeke got really little work. And now these last three games, it's been the complete opposite, where Dak's thrown when he has to, but they're leaning on Zeke and Pollard in the run game. Yeah, I, I had to go trade for him. I mean, I, I like to listen to the pod, you know? I, too. I, too, went, <laughs> went out and grabbed him. And that, then on the other side of this... The league leader in rushing touchdowns Sam on the Darnold, Panthers baby. is not Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> it is Sam Darnold. He has five rushing touchdowns this season. Who who could have expected that Sam Darnold would not only lead quarterbacks in rushing touchdowns, but would lead the league as just this dual threat quarterback? I I would have never thought this when from draft day I, I would have never expected this out of Sam Darnold it, it looks like whatever clicks you know and a quarterback starts understanding it, it it seems like it's clicked for Darnold he is playing with confidence he's standing in the pocket he's his pocket awareness is really what's impressive because that's what's he he's knowing when to step up in the pocket and then take off and, he, and he's got a little juice to him when he's getting out there a little bit. So, if they start running, imagine if they start running like a read option with him and McCaffrey, and <laughs> like within the ten at the goal line, that could be filthy. That could be dirty. I mean, shoot. If so, you kind of saw it with Trevor Lawrence. They started running that zone read with him and James Robinson. And it was like, ooh, this is kind of nice. Trevor Lawrence, he's got a little bit of athletic ability to him, and then. Sam Darnold started pulling it in this game, and it was like, oh, <laughs> he's got it too. He's he's going for it, and he's oh, diving into the end zone. I mean, man, if you squint hard enough, it kind of looks like Cam Newton's back out there. <laughs> not really. Not, not really. <laughs> good try. Good try. Yeah, it's, uh, you know. But Darnold continues to look for DJ Moore. Another huge game. He's, yeah, like, with CMC out. He is the focus. He is the best playmaker out there. Uh, Hubbard, he looked all right. Had some uh, nice carries, good gains. They got the other guys involved too, Freeman and Smith. So you, you didn't get the pure volume that CMC would have got out of Hubbard. But it looks like CMC is going to be back next week anyways. He practiced today. So you probably won't be seeing Hubbard 
that much unless something else were to happen. And Robbie Anderson finally getting involved. Had a good amount of targets. Didn't do much with them. But it's good to see that target share go up. Yeah, I kind of expected Robbie Anderson to take this step up when CMC went down like he did last year where he kind of took on that short passing game approach or that short passing game work. But DJ Moore took that. Yeah. They and were running the sweeps. They were running the drags. They were running everything huge. to him. That is huge for DJ Moore because, I mean, he had two touchdowns in this game, I think. And he, uh, he just he looked so good, and Sam Darnold trusts him and is looking for him all the time. I mean, yeah, DJ Moore could be a huge breakout player. I mean, everybody has been waiting for this. It's kind of like been on the edge of breakout for the last couple of years, last uh-huh. year especially. I mean, he got like 1,200 yards, but the touchdowns weren't coming, and it wasn't like super high reception numbers. But so far this season, it's been – been all the way up because he can break the big as soon as he gets the ball in his hands he can break the big play because he can break tackles yeah and then when you're adding that sort of volume on top of it that's like when you start getting into that upper echelon of guys yep uh moving on to the colts dolphins game this was a pretty ugly game uh colts ended up winning 27 to 17 Jonathan Taylor finally found the end zone. Yes. It's true. Yes. They, didn't, getting, they, they didn't go to Naheem Hines. <laughs> no. <laughs> Barely at Naheem all. Hines, he uh, muffed a punt early, and that must have put him in the doghouse because they kind of went away from him for a while after that. Well, guess what? Jonathan Taylor is this, your best offensive skill player, so <laughs> you, know, you, sh- you probably should get him the ball more often. It's true. This is true. I mean, Marlon Mack ended up with 10 carries, 22 yards. So pretty – I mean, they're looking to trade him. And <laughs> that's, that's not helping his case. That's not helping his case. I was going to say because they they like to kind of feed a player when he's on the trade block in order to bump up his stock to get him some stats and be like, hey, remember, Marlon Mack is good at football. Come trade for him. Send me a third-round pick. And then he goes out and gets 2.2 yards per carry, and it's like, ah. <laughs> That's that's why they drafted Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Yep. But then on the other side, we got to put up a missing humans or missing persons report because Miles Gaskin just oh, man. fell off of earth. Yes. He had two carries on like 14 offensive snaps. There was no injury notable. There was no news like he, he didn't fumble he didn't turn the ball over anything he just was all of a sudden out of the game script yeah there there was a lot of speculation before the season on james robinson and miles gaskin these two guys last year that were waiver wire league winners where miles gaskin didn't get any competition brought in for him and then james robinson had etn drafted into the running back room and even without any competition in his backfield, Miles Gaskin, two carries in three yards I, with the same guys that were there last year, basically. I, like, is Malcolm Brown making that much of a difference? 
but we talked about this before the season where we're like, yeah, Malcolm Brown coming in. He's like a fantasy Grim Reaper where he'll come in and like steal the important touches, but he's just taking all the touches now. I, I, I mean, <laughs> the, the, and they're, and it's not like he's producing that, right. That good. I mean, this Miami offense doesn't look that good. Now that Will Fuller going out now with a broken finger. Oh, I'm shocked. Will Fuller's <laughs> hurt? Yeah. Like, At least Mike Williams isn't hurt. Hey, hey. You know who is? Not Austin Eckler on the sidelines limping right now. Yeah, Justin Jackson getting some work. And these Chargers jerseys are clean. Yes. Ooh. Powder blues with the yellow pants. This looks so good. I love the Chargers. Hey, <laughs> I, I like the Raiders jerseys too. Yeah, the the silver on white. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. If you can't tell, this game was boring. Uh, Moali Cox, big game, was a grown man. Yeah, man amongst boys. He had a contested. <laughs> he's just a huge person. Yeah. He's, he's a former basketball player, and so Carson Wentz kind of figured that out this week where he's like, I'll just throw it up to him and uh, hope he comes down with the board, and he, he was coming down with it. <laughs> that, was, that was Phil Rivers' specialty, too. Yep. yep. Antonio <laughs> Gates. Yep. But, yeah, uh, we can move on if my web page would load. It keeps crashing on me. There was a Devontae Parker sighting, too. Ooh, there was. He had four catches, he was 77 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, he was making a lot of tough catches. Jacoby seems to trust him and Mike Gusecki more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. So he was just kind of throwing it at Devontae Parker, and it, it was working out. I mean, it, every time it seemed like he was getting enough separation and getting those contested catches, which is exactly what you expect out of – not a Parker. Mm-hmm. Serviceable, to say the least. Ooh, Jay Herbo. Mm. Sorry, Jay Herbo. That motherfucking nice. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, Donald Parham Jr. I'm delayed. As long as it ain't Mike Williams. <laughs> Not Mike Williams. Nope. <laughs> I, I haven't Got seen me. Jonathan Abram make a play yet. So. <laughs> I don't think anybody on the Raiders defense made a play that whole drive. Justin hey. Herbert just cut them up. Denzel Perriman made a tackle for loss. Oh, there's Abram. Speak the devil and he shall appear. All right. Cook's Kitchen. The lights are on. So the lights are on. <laughs> yeah, I need a lot of Waller this next drive. Uh, you want to you wanna throw us into this next one because I cannot get this to load. Uh, sure. A, speaking of Cook's Kitchen, uh-huh. Minnesota Vikings fall at home go. to the Cleveland Browns 14-7. Baker Mayfield's not a good quarterback. And oh. Kirk Cousins may be worse. Oh, man. <laughs> so, I mean, Baker was just missing Odell, who has oh, a so catch radius of like six feet all the way around him. And he couldn't deliver the ball to him uh, three times. He was w- basically wide open down the field, and the pass was behind him or uncatchable out front. Yeah, really frustrating. Um, the the running backs did their thing for Cleveland, and Dalvin got hurt early. Looked like that ankle was still a problem. He came back on the final drive. It was it was too late for him to do any sort of heroics. 
and that Browns defense was just all over Kirk Cousins. It seemed like any time a pass was being made or a, a catch was being made, it seemed like the guy was already getting tackled. Uh, the Vikings just couldn't get anything going on offense outside of their first drive, which resulted in a Justin Jefferson touchdown. Yeah, Justin Jefferson had a pretty solid game, but I think this Cleveland defense is really establishing itself as a legit force because they went out and they addressed all of their needs in yep. free agency in the draft, and it seems like they've hit on all of them because Clowney is playing really good on the opposite side of Garrett. Newsom has been solid as their number two corner, and then Johnson – what John Johnson is lights out as a strong safety. I mean, he was the whole time he was with the Rams, and he's been playing solid. And then Owusu Koromoa has just been flying around making plays every week. Incredible. They line him up everywhere. I th- did he have a sack today? Uh, I don't know if he had one this week, uh, but I, I know he had a half sack last week, and I think he had a sack the week before they get that. A, I yeah. mean, they just send he, him all over yeah, the they, field. They, He's just like a heat-seeking missile, and he locks onto the ball and just flies at it. But, yeah, Baker Mayfield continues to just barely do enough to win them games. He he plays to not lose because they could have cut Minnesota's throat and ended this game with, like, four minutes left. But Baker missed Odell, like you said. It, Odell had a fantastic game. In my eyes, he had, like, 22 PPR points because he had two, like, 50-yard touchdowns yeah. if the quarterback could have just hit him. He, he he could have underthrown him and made him turn around, and he probably still could have scored the touchdown. But, yeah, uh, Baker, I mean, they won, and Baker had 15 completions for 155 yards. There's not a much more Baker stat line than that. Yeah, from a fantasy perspective, if you're starting Baker Mayfield, hit the wire. <laughs> Someone better is definitely out. Taylor Heineke. Taylor I would Heineke, get him. 100% start Heineke over Baker. I mean, a lot of these guys, it's he's never going to have successful high-volume you're not going to see 300-yard games. You're not going to see three-plus touchdown games. You never see any touchdowns because they lean so heavily on this running attack. As soon as they get in the red zone, the ball's out of Baker's hands. He's not making those decisions. It's going to be Kareem Hunt most of the time in the red zone, or it's going to be Nick Chubb because why wouldn't you? You have the best O-line in the league, and you have the best running back tandem in the NFL as well. So just pound them as many times as you can. Unfortunately, Nick Chubb, I'm starting to get a little, I'm a little worried with Nick Chubb just because he gets all this volume between the 20s and then they just sub him out in the red zone and Kareem Hunt gets the touchdowns. And it sucks. (laughs) It sucks because Nick Chubb can get the exact same touchdowns that Kareem Hunt's getting. I understand that he's getting the rest and like they're saving him because he's had the knee injuries in the past and, so I, I get it like from a football standpoint, but just from fantasy, it's so frustrating to see him get pulled out for Kareem Hunt and have Kareem Hunt get the touchdowns. Oh, man, it grinds my gears. It, ju- it just seems like he's only getting a score if it's 20-plus yards because, exactly. <laughs> because and, that's that's the play he's got to run. And that still happens like two out of every three games. It's the crazy thing. 
But then, Ugh. yeah, that's that's what sucks with running backs is because even if a guy runs for 120 yards, it's your it's just 12 points. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's Chubb. He because Hunt is getting all that passing work. Like where Dalvin on the other side, Dalvin's getting six targets, 50 yards, you know, a game, which is what separates you know you from a top seven to three running back to a three to one you know elite running back is all that passing work because because nick chubb his like upside is probably a top 10 running back but his floor is more around like top 18 20 running back just because he's not getting receptions he's not getting those high Mm -hmm. value touches where where in real life he could be leading the league in rushing (laughs) Which, which is which is pretty disappointing, but it, it it be what it be. It do be that way. Uh, but we can move on to the Giants game. The New York football Giants. <laughs> they they yeah. beat the Saints in overtime. <laughs> My man Saquon. <laughs> well, I'm going to start tearing up. <laughs> My man. <laughs> <laughs> Walk off Tony and oh, OT. Man. And then he had that wheel road. He's just he's looking healthier and healthier every week. He's trusting his knees. He's making cuts. Daniel Jones looks like he's good at football. His career is like revived. He's take an, an another guy that it, it seems like that switch yeah. has flicked. <laughs> like Darnold, he's taking care of the ball. Oh man. And, and when he's able to throw the ball, he's making it's things true. happen. I mean He's throwing the best he ever has in his career. He had his first 400-yard passing game. I mean, it was just, he, it was a really impressive game all around. I mean, he didn't use his legs as much because he didn't have to because Saquon is just getting the, the work on the ground, which he should be. And, yeah, Daniel Jones is making it work through the air. Uh, Saquon played 89% of snaps, and he had – as yeah, he should. and he had 18 touches, and that's exactly what you want. It's exactly what you want out of a running back. You could have probably gotten in the second round, which is crazy based on his talent, but a lot of people were worried about mm-hmm. that knee, but he's looking really good, and I just crossed my fingers and hoping he stays healthy because he could just have this huge comeback season. And then – even with all of the hamstring injuries <laughs> to the wide receivers with Slate and Shepard being out, Kadarius Tony finally made an appearance. Kenny G was six for 116 or something exactly. like that. <laughs> and then John Ross comes off of IR from a hamstring injury <laughs> and catches a 50 yard touchdown. That came from the dead. I didn't, like, oh, man. <laughs> I. I thought he was somewhere playing DB. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what he was trying to do in Cincinnati, just to get on the field. I thought that he might have tried to make an appearance in, like, the CFL, like the Canadian Football League or the XFL. <laughs> XFL. You know, I, I forgot that he was even on the Giants' injured reserve list. But, I mean, he came out. He had the, the t- took the top off the defense. I mean, Daniel Jones, a pretty perfect dime, too. And then, yeah, yeah Kadarius Tony. I hate that he's wearing number eighty-nine. <laughs> I cannot stand it. 
I'm sitting there and I'm like, who is that? Every time. Every time he touches the ball. I know he's number 89, but when he catches the ball, he's number one in my head. He's number one. And so he catches the ball and I'm like, who's, who's that? Looks explosive. It's a little electric. And I'm like, oh, it's Kadarius Tony. Why are you number 89? You look like a slow possession receiver in that number. <laughs> anyway. The, yeah. On the other side, like we were saying with Chubb, Kamara. Career high in carries with 26. They seem to just want to run the ball with him. He had zero First targets. First game in, this in game. his career. 26 carries. 26 carries, 120 yards. He look, He's on pace to break his uh, record for carries in a season. That's kind of weird because he, he should be being used the same way Saquon yeah. is used. And if they're going away from that, who knows what this offense is going to look like when Michael Thomas mm. comes back. Yeah, because Kamara was kind of the gold standard last year of what you want out of a fantasy running back production-wise because he was getting all of the short receiving work where he'd get Drew Brees dumping in the ball every play. And then he was also super, super efficient on the ground, and then he was getting all the red zone work. Now he's not getting targeted by Jameis. He's still getting all the work on the ground. But in the red zone, they bring in Taysom Hill on these zone Ugh. reads, and he just wants to keep the ball so he can get his little moment. It's just, oh, man. I I mean, he still had a solid game. He had the most yards he's ever had in his career, uh, and he had zero targets for the first time in his career. But, yeah, weird, weird, weird game out of the Saints. Their Their game plan seems to change week to week. Their defense is, I thought, solid, but it's just it wasn't that great this week. I mean, I don't know. It's such a hard team to gauge on a week-to-week basis. It's really hard to tell what their plan of attack is on offense because it, it seems like they don't want Jameis throwing the ball. So then they're going to pound it on the ground. <laughs> like you said, when you get in the red zone and – it's got it. Taysom Hill might be even. <laughs> Imagine if Taysom Hill was getting that Cordero Patterson oh, work. No, don't say that. I would cry. <laughs> it would. It would just be so frustrating. And it, this is this is already frustrating. A guy that is literally only coming in just to shark a touchdown because Sean Payton gave him so much money that he needs to feel like he's the the smartest guy in the building just because he can run these simple plays for Taysom when you could literally just hand the ball to Kamara and he can run and score another a 30 year old special teams player getting way too much work <laughs> yeah it it really is oh uh, well I don't know what that what when's that contract they just oh. I think they just extended him this or last season on a four-year deal so he's got another two after uh. this year I'm pretty sure Ugh, yeah, that's that's a gross one. That's just disgusting. But we can we can move on to the Titans Jets game. <sighs> this this was a really really like weird game. I'll just leave it. It was a weird game. The Jets <laughs> pulled it out in overtime. Outlasted the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, uh, did you, what do you think? Just give me your broad thoughts about this. I think that the Titans and the Vikings are literally the same team. <laughs> Just think about it. You got two quarterbacks that trick you into thinking that they're pretty good. You got two running backs that you are getting pounded with usage. And then you basically have two wide receivers on each team. Except in this case, Tennessee didn't have either of theirs. So they give Derrick Henry 35 touches again. He runs for another 170 yards and a touchdown. But their defense is bad. Jeremy McNichols, out of everybody, is the one that picked up all of the slack in the past. I think he might have been their second most talented Tennessee. offensive player that was like available. So I'm not that surprised, honestly. <laughs> That's a fair point. And then the Jets just—they finally won again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Corey Davis is the guy you want on the Jets still. Well, Jameson Crowder looked a James little Crowder's better. Back. He had seven receptions for six yeah. yards and a touchdown. He just. It seems like when he plays, he just is the number one receiver because he had the most targets on the team. He had less. I mean, Corey Davis had the one big play where he had the the 40-something yard touchdown. But Jameson Crowder had nine targets and seven receptions, and Corey Davis only had seven targets and four receptions. It's so weird just how quarterback-friendly Jameson Crowder must be where bad quarterbacks just want to funnel him the ball. (laughs) But... Yeah, seven receptions, six million yards, and a touchdown. This is a guy that we expected to kind of not be relevant at all on this team. But Elijah Morse, with that concussion, I mean, uh-huh. I don't think he's played yet this year. Uh, Denzel Mims got uh, was active for this game. I saw him on the field a couple times, but finished with the old goose egg. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean – Michael Carter found the end zone. Ty Johnson gets the receiving work in this offense. But when it comes down to it, Derrick Henry is still Derrick Henry. We, A lot of people thought there was going to be regression coming out of Derrick Henry because of all the touches he's been getting. And then he just comes out and is on pace for the most carries he's ever had in his career and is just producing at an elite level and shows no signs of slowing down. It just yeah. doesn't matter. <laughs> those those workout <laughs> videos where he's got 35 pounds of chains on him <laughs> and he, he's bench pressing six human <laughs> beings on each side of a barbell while doing a, <laughs> a core <laughs> exercise on an exercise oh, bar. He's, just, he's a freak. A freak. And that body is just built to last. It's true. But I don't know if the Titans are, like, world beaters no. by any means. No. Like, I, I don't see them making the playoff run. This division kind of looks wide yeah. open for them. So the thing is, they're, they have enough talent on offense to win this division. But Tannehill has taken a step back this season. And... That might be based on Arthur Smith's kind of play-action scheme. Arthur Smith clearly benefited off of Derrick Henry. But the scheme he formed around Derrick Henry obviously made life really easy 
on Ryan Tannehill. And that just has gone away because Tannehill has not looked good this season. And without A.J. Brown and Julio, it, it could be rough. And both of them have kind of lingering injuries that could stick around for a while. So I think, I think they yeah, both I didn't know hamstring. for sure if A.J. Brown did. But I knew Julio had the hamstring. And that could stem yep. back to last year because he had a pretty serious hamstring injury that landed him on IR at one point. So if mm-hmm. if that's the same hamstring, Julio could be in kind of that AJ Green situation where he was like not right for three years. But yeah, yeah. I mean, you look kind of right now. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, now he's catching forty yard bombs from Kyler because all he's got to do is run down but, the field. Yeah, I hopefully they can kind of get healthy and get right because AJ Brown and Julio are such so fun to watch and Derrick Henry and this offense has a lot of potential but if Tannehill can't get it going then it doesn't really matter at the end of the day again sounds a it's lot true. like the Vikings <laughs> I just see the two teams the way that they lose games like this it, it all just reminds me of the same thing well a team that has a quarterback that can service everybody <laughs> is Patrick Mahomes on the Kansas City Chiefs they beat the Eagles 42 to 30 it seems like Kansas City's defense is very suspect because yeah it's awful yeah, they're, they're bad <laughs> it's a bad bad defense uh anybody can put up great fantasy numbers against them uh, Hertz probably played the best game of his career so far uh, the score was closer than it looks like because Kansas City had a bomb at like the end of the game when they were kind of running the clock out, and then they just went play action and just Tyreek Hill got behind the defense. But outside of that, I mean, it was a solid game across the board for Philly. It Hurts played well. Kenneth Gainwell was really good. And then Devontae Smith. Went over 100 yards for the first time in his career. I mean, it could be a sign of things to come, but most of the production came from the other side. I mean, Mahomes, five touchdowns. Uh, Clyde caught one underhanded one that was just stupid. Tyree Kill caught three of them, and he had 186 yards on 11 catches. 48.6 bomb. <laughs> Oh man, it's just that that is that's yeah. Tyreek. He just has the, the launch codes He's, and every once in a while. You get you get fifty or you get ten. <laughs> that that's it. Um But yeah, Mahomes just he threw shuffle passes, he was throwing underhanded passes, he was throwing them overhand, he was throwing deep balls. He probably had a couple no looks <laughs> that we missed. <laughs> it's just he was doing whatever he wanted. But Devontae Smith Seven for 122, that's what you love to see. You love to see him and Hurts connecting like that. And then both tight ends, Goddard and Ertz, both producing. Goddard, five for five, 56 yards and touchdown, and then Ertz, six for eight for 60 yards. So that was kind of a question it would be. Is one guy going to take away from the other? Are they both going to be, you know, taken away from each other? But it looks like that. Uh, this offense is still going to be featuring them together. And it looks like the running backs are the ones that 
aren't going to be getting the work. Ten, ten carries. Yeah, Sirianni seems to abandon the run pretty early, and it doesn't take much convincing. <laughs> because no, it last sure week doesn't. it was the same thing. I think they had two carries in total. So, yeah. I mean, they got down and they abandoned the run game. I mean, Hertz is their leading rusher. He's going to be probably every week. He's because. They're going to drop back and pass. They're going to run zone read, and he's going to scramble and have some designed runs. He had eight carries on 47 yards on eight carries. And so, yeah, I mean, Gainwell, it's really, really nice to see him with those six receptions, 58 yards. That's that's a really nice number for him to be hitting, especially as a rookie with Miles Sanders ahead of him. And he has just completely eclipsed Boston Scott, seems like, for good. Yeah, Boston Scott just doesn't even yep. see the field. Uh, you were thinking that maybe it would be this three-headed backfield, you know, with all guys pretty explosive, but yeah, it's completely the opposite case. This offense wants to throw the ball, and Hertz can yep. throw the ball really effectively, so... That's what you like to see if you're a Devontae Smith owner. Absolutely. A team that has been shying away from throwing the ball, even though they have a great quarterback, is Seattle. (laughs) They had 23 carries between Chris Carson and Alex Collins. Uh, Came out of nowhere. Alex Collins getting 10 carries for 44 yards and a touchdown. Um two receptions on 34 yards. He just strongly outperformed Chris Carson in this game. Uh, Russell Wilson played fine, but the storyline in this game is Jimmy Garoppolo going down with the calf injury and Trey Lance taking his place and playing fine. I mean, his stat line looked probably better than he played because of that Debo broken play where it was a 75 yard <laughs> touchdown it wasn't a great throw to him who either. guarding him <laughs> it's true Debo kind of had to stop come back for the ball <laughs> grab it turn around upfield good thing there was no one within 35 yeah, yards that is of him. the definition of blown coverage because that was yeah but uh Trey Lance played kind of a similar game to someone we uh we're going to talk about later with Mac Jones where downs one through three were just kind of weird. And then it was like, or first and second down were kind of weird. And then third down, they would just make the throw that they needed to make. And it was like every single time Trey Lance was under like the microscope under duress, he would just make the play. And, I mean, that's that's all you want to see out of your rookie quarterback in his first start. I mean, Kyle Shanahan kind of shit on him after the game where he's like, oh, yeah, I mean, he looked like a first start. <laughs> he looked like a rookie. <laughs> Why do you think I had him on the bench? Damn, I'm a fucking genius. <laughs> I would have been like, we almost won the game. He didn't turn no. the ball over once. It's not his fault. Right. Anyway. I mean. He, 157 yards. Like maybe the defense should pretty pretty solid. And he ran into two point conversion, I think. Yeah, I mean Trey Sermon, 19 carries, 89 yards on the ground. He's pretty good. And then Ayuk goes back to. But what do you do with the him? <laughs> It's like 
And then Kittle, I mean, 11 targets, but only four for 40. Yeah. I mean, Debo is the story of this receiving game. It continues to be. The offense in general. I mean, (laughs) he's just, he is the guy for San Francisco. He just continues to be the only receiving option that is worth it. I mean, you could have thought it was George Kittle, but it's it's just Debo. He had 38.2 PPR points. I mean, 156 yards. Even without the 75-yard touchdown, he still had another touchdown and then, like, seven for 80 yards. So, I mean, so still a yeah. solid game without the, the huge broken play. And we really, and, like, going into the season, we are thinking, like, these guys would easily be able to coexist just because they're both playmakers. They can make a lot out of a little. But for some reason, they don't want to call Ayuk's number. Shanahan just seems like a big old <laughs> dickhead. <laughs> it's like, I really don't... I want to avoid San Francisco's offense, kind of in general. Yeah. Just because you don't know who it's going to be ever week to week. You don't know... A guy could, like, scuff Shanahan's shoe walking past, and he could be like, yep. you're done. Yep. Okay. <laughs> it, it's over. Uh, yeah. So This is a... Uh... Pretty, you hate to see I mean, it. Trey Sermon sighting, I guess, but yeah, pretty pretty gross game all around when it comes to 49ers outside of Debo and some Trey Lance, uh, DK Metcalf and Russ are firing at all cylinders. I mean, nothing really too new on that side of things. Uh, we can move on to this. Arizona Rams game that was pretty surprising, uh, 37 to 20. But, I mean, yeah, it was just a, a great game from Arizona all around. Yes, Stafford, him and the offense really couldn't get much rhythm. Uh, he took a shot early to try to hit Deshaun Jackson with one of those big plays. Ends up throwing an interception, and then it kind of stalled from there. And then where Kyler on the other side just seems like he can fling a ball 40 yards down the field whenever he wants from wherever. And someone's running under it, making a play. Uh, That that Arizona offense ran all over the Rams defense. Chase Edmonds, 120 yards on the ground on just 12 carries. And James Conner found the end zone twice. Is Arizona the best? <laughs> I was going to ask you that because last week, last <laughs> week you said the, the. I mean, we agreed that the Rams were probably the best team in the NFL, but see, I think the kind of emotions coming off of that Bucks game, and then they have a short week where they have to play uh, Seattle on Thursday. At yeah, at on Thursday, Seattle. So on Thursday. I could see this kind Ugh. of being a, a trap game, even though it's a divisional game. It's just kind of comes at a bad time for the Rams, but. I, I I wouldn't be too worried. I think they'll probably be back on track, even if they have another kind of nah, – I wouldn't say a bad game because this wasn't really a bad game, but uh, uh, under subpar performance for what you expect out of them. I, Henderson had good production on the ground. Uh, Cup had 13 targets, but he couldn't really make much – 
with what he was getting. He is getting blanketed pretty heavy. That is safety over the top for a majority of the time. Van Jefferson. <laughs> so, Van Jefferson, yeah. My guy, the, the delivery driver, <laughs> making making an appearance. Uh, but I expect them to come out on Thursday. I mean, clearly Seattle's offense doesn't even realize when there's a guy not yeah, being covered. I think covered, they'll be so, okay. I think uh, Cooper Cup will I'm not too worried go about back the to Rams. his wide receiver one ways. I'm sure hoping so. Another side, DeAndre Hopkins, two pretty poor performances in a row. I mean, he generally gets locked up by Jalen Ramsey, and then he still has that rib thing probably bothering him, but... Yeah, another another kind of stinker performance out of Hopkins. Is that were you at all that AJ Green is kind of outperforming him week in and week out now? No, Hopkins led the team in targets. Um, so I, I'm not worrying about it. Hopkins isn't much of a separator as a receiver. He's more of a fight fight to yep. the ball and catch it at the point before the defender can, and that's and. The history with him going against Ramsey all the way back to Houston, Jacksonville, Ramsey's yeah. had his number. So it's no surprising that he didn't have the best day. I mean, when you're still getting double digits out of a guy, I will take that, especially after C.D. Lamb came up with just two catches for, like, that's That's fair. Years, so. uh, uh, the next game we got was Baltimore at Denver and Hollywood Brown. Found the end zone again. Catching balls. He laid out he for caught it. it. Man, he, <laughs> he caught heard it. the noise. Yeah. Uh, Lamar throws for 300 yards for the second time in his career. He's proven the doubters wrong that he is yeah. a quarterback. Uh, they they handled Denver pretty good. Uh, Latavius Murray got the start I at running back. Healthy scratch. Uh, yeah. They, they want to get left bell up in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, Devontae Freeman and Le'Veon Bell look like complete afterthoughts. It'll be interesting to see if Tyson Williams does get inactive. Uh, but I, I think this is Latavius Murray's backfield, yeah. quote-unquote, as far as uh, the majority of the touches are going to go in the backfield. He's going to get all the red zone work as the RB. So if you have to roster a guy, like if you are in dire needs – uh, Latavius Murray is the guy that you're going to want out of this Yeah, backfield. on the other side, Teddy Bridgewater unfortunately goes down with a concussion. Uh, Drew Locke is going to be your quarterback uh, for the Broncos. Not much production outside of Noah Fant uh, when it comes to receivers for the Broncos. Sutton had another subpar game, but... And uh, Tim Patrick, even I mean, he's been kind of on fire, but another pretty average game. It's all around this Ravens defense handled the Broncos thoroughly. Yeah, no Fant is kind of Drew Locke's guy. You seen it last year; he was his preferred target, which is no surprise because Fant is a top ten tight end. Uh, he's more likely than not to find the end zone when Drew Locke is under center. So if Teddy misses next week, you're expecting to see another Drew Locke start. Maybe we'll see the, the switch flip with Drew Locke. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like with Dan the, with Jones. The full but week of 
preparation for Drew Lock, where they're actually game playing uh, like a full game for him. I think it'll it'll look a little different than it did last week because, as we've mentioned, him and uh, him and Bridgewater have very different play styles. So he he should be slinging it around a little more because he has that kind of gunner attitude. And Sutton is probably his favorite target. I mean, it, he kind of showed that two years ago before Sutton went down. He's He likes to throw him up those contested balls. And now that there's really nobody outside of Fant and Tim Patrick, uh, Sutton should be poised for a big game next week. I don't know. They'll be going up against that Pittsburgh defense, which has playmakers – yeah. Like Minka Fitzpatrick. And all those, like, J.J. Watt up front. So it'll be interesting to see if Drew Locke can even stand in the pocket That's <laughs> and fair. be able to deliver a pass on time. But uh, then again, Pittsburgh's defense is on the field quite a bit. because. But we can just shift right this over to that true. game. Pittsburgh and Green Bay. Uh, yeah. Big Ben is still washed, in case anybody was wondering. He did not get unwashed. Uh, yeah, it, it was – okay, this game could could have been a Pittsburgh win it, if if Big Ben just hits scary. Juju on yeah. those two passes where he was behind the defense. And he targeted him. It's just they were yeah. both overthrown because Ben has no control over his touch anymore because he has no arm strength. Yeah, he beca- he continues to be primed for all PPR situations because Deontay Johnson just gets funneled targets. Third game this year with double-digit targets. He they they throw it on third and short. They throw it on fourth and short. Najee Harris had a pretty good game on the ground, found the end zone, and is getting that target volume. And when Claypool comes back next week, if he does with that coming off of his own hamstring injury, it's like, what do you do then with Juju? He is all well, around I just saw the odd him get man. traded for a first, so interesting. But it, I mean, it projects as a late first. What? But I I wouldn't be moving a first for Juju at this point. It seems like it's clearly Deontay and then Claypool and then Juju as an afterthought. I mean, Najee in the passing game is a more prominent like like receiver than Juju has been but I don't know we'll I guess we'll see as the season goes on uh yeah the Deontay is just going to be funneled the ball more and more he'll go down to some scary injury miss a couple quarters and then come back and I mean (laughs) it just happened yeah you're right you're right you're right Oh, oh. <laughs> chill, but chill. yeah, the Steelers' offense is ugly. Already, it, it, it already had help. Already their defense, <laughs> it, which has a ton in the of third game every year. That their offense has been garbage. Uh, the Packers, on the other hand, looked solid. I would have liked to see them put this game away, but Randall Cobb decided to play D back and bat down that pass on third down. I mean, it's fair, like. He was getting every third down target, so I. 
Yeah, I mean, if uh, yeah, exactly. So I mean, so he, wanted, he should, he wanted more should have just threw it to Cobb the, <laughs> instead of trying to drop it over the top post, of him. But yeah, Randall Cobb hey, he was getting he hungry. Got involved, I think, two scores out of Randall Cobb. But yeah, as MVS went down, he goes to IR. Uh, Randall Cobb filled that wide receiver two role, and yep. the Packers offense didn't look as explosive without MVS out there. But they methodically worked down the field. AJ Dillon had a great game. Aaron Jones. I mean, they were just really good on the ground in general, and it was it was a solid game. Like I said, on that drive, if they had to put that game away out mm-hmm. of it, I'd be a little more comfortable. But even without that, I love seeing this two-headed running back room kind of show its full potential. Both of them near 100 yards rushing. Very, very nice to see. It, it could look very similar to Cleveland's. Just with the way the two guys profile, you've got AJ Dillon, who's like the chub, and then Aaron Jones, yep. the do it all gadget running back, like Kareem Hunt. And Rogers didn't look as sharp. Uh, he missed Tanyan a couple times uh, up the seam, which would have been the play that would have broke it open. That's that's usually outside of the MVS bomb that Tanyan up the stream, up the stream, up the seam is. It, that is the big plays that you'll see Rodgers hitting. And that you, they just couldn't connect on it. I don't know if the weather was an issue. Uh, but but all in all, uh, Green Bay is sitting atop the NFC North, uh, looking down on the rest of those teams. Yeah, I'd be feeling pretty comfortable. I mean, I do feel pretty comfortable as a fan of the Packers looking at the rest of these teams kind of struggling with their quarterback situation or whatever else is going on because it, it, we it seems like they're the 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 lock to take and home the NFC North. Stokes is playing like that, and hopefully Jair's AC joint oh. isn't a... Jair, Jair, mm. Jair sounds like bad news. Uh, it sounded like it could be out multiple weeks now. Uh, it, it was said to be a minor AC joint sprain at first, which could only be like a week out and then discomfort. But it sounds like as more testing is getting done, it's going to be worse news. So I, I hope as long that's as he can avoid case, surgery, that is best case scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, if if he needs to be out for any extended period of time. He can just go yep. on that short-term three-week IR and then pop back, hopefully sooner rather than later, because <laughs> Lord knows we could need the secondary this help. <laughs> and hopefully Rashawn Gary continues to play like he did. I mean, he came in, he jumped over the linemen, <laughs> just grabbed Roethlisberger yep. and tackled them both to the ground. <laughs> that was, yep. <laughs> you got to get like, it. Hey, I get it. It's going to be, I'm sacking Roethlisberger. Whether you're coming with me or not is up to you. So that, that was good to see. I like that. Yeah. Uh, Sunday Night Football, the big event of the week. Tom Brady going back to Foxborough, playing Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. Uh, this, I mean, I we heard about it all week. I, I figured the the Bucks would curb stomp the Pats, 
I'm surprised that they didn't. Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady and Mac Jones basically played the exact <laughs> no, same game. No, 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 uh, no. Nah, no. <laughs> Mac Jones doesn't <laughs> didn't throw the ball farther than fifteen yards. Brady was airing it out still. He was if he had Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown, all I'm saying still. Mac Jones' still. best receiver is Jacoby Myers. <laughs> no, no, that's true. I mean the Patriots could not establish a run game at all, which is not surprising because Tampa's True. run defense has just been lights out all season. And the Patriots don't have, like, a solid run game as it is. J.J. Uh, Taylor fumbled. Look, look for him to be inactive next week, and we'll see Ramondre Stevenson active. <laughs> well, they're going to sign, like, Jay Ajayi <laughs> so they don't have to play Ramondre or J.J. Taylor. <laughs> Just because they both just fumbled. give Damian Harris the passing work. Just why? Why yeah, not? Yeah. Now, Brandon Bolden is their guy in the passing game. He is. Yeah, this is true. But yeah, I mean, Tom Brady did the goat thing. I mean, has the most passing yards all time. Mike Evans was his guy this game. Yep. They couldn't get in the end zone for a while. I think. Fournette was the one that finally scored the touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. Ronald Jones. Ronald, Ronald Jones. Jones. That's right. Came off the right side. Yep, with about like a 12 yard run. Yep, that's got to right. the pylon. Right. Uh, but I mean, it it honestly it was a pretty. Uh, it was a pretty big Leonard Fournette game. Yeah, it, he seemed to get like most of the snaps. He looked pretty good. I mean, against a solid defense in. The, the Patriots, I mean, they're missing Juwan Bentley, which is kind of their run-stuff linebacker. But, yeah, I mean, solid game, but nothing that exciting happening in this game because it was kind of a monsoon this whole, this whole, <laughs> whole time. So there wasn't much offense going on. Yeah, I mean, well, Mac Jones looks like the best rookie quarterback, in my opinion. Yeah. I don't know if it's just because he's got the system is – a winning pedigree system, which is helping him where <laughs> the other guys are on the Jets and the Jags and the Bears. <laughs> yeah. Been pretty stinky the last it's few true. years. It's true. But 19 straight completions for Mac Jones. Yeah. <laughs> which is a Patriot record. So that's pretty good. But when you go back and you watch all of them, it is a dink and dunk. Dink and yeah. dunk. Hitting a guy yeah. in the cross, hitting the guy in the flat. Uh, they don't try to push the ball down the field so they can sustain these long drives. But then when they get in the red zone and the field gets shorter, they can't score because the defense knows that it's everything's underneath. And so they yeah. did get the touchdown. Uh, the Janu Smith special where he leaks out right on that uh, goal line and then he's wide open in the back of the end zone. Uh, mm-hmm. Mac Jones hit him for the touchdown late in the game, and then there's Hunter the, Henry. I think had the other one. Yep, and then there was the tackle and the whole. Should New England have went for on fourth down? Why kick a fifty-yard field goal in a monsoon? Yeah, so it is what it I, is. I think, I, okay, it's interesting. I think it's it was fourth and four or something like that. Yeah, and the the Patriots are having 
a problem moving the ball in general. And especially late in the game, they were kind of teeing off with their pass rushers. And Tryon was starting to kind of get in his bag, who was replacing JPP, and was getting after Mac Jones just like, so I, I don't blame them for kicking the field goal, but Nick Folk also hasn't made a 55-yard yard field goal and I think I read, like, over six years or something <laughs> like that. So I don't – I mean, I Just, wouldn't I, – I, I think you probably have better odds of winning going for it, but I don't blame them for kicking the field goal because their offense wasn't really doing anything. I mean, there's – still a minute left in the game or 50 seconds if they make the field goal yeah so you're giving the ball back to tom brady anyways in what would have been a one-point game at foxborough <laughs> where he played for 20 years yeah and i i think if if tom brady gets that ball back down one he wins the game exactly like, so it was, nobody nobody thinks that he doesn't but if you go for it i this the Bucks secondary is so hurt. <laughs> I mean, Winfield went down in this game with a concussion. Carlton Davis went down with a quad. So it's like you got Richard Sher- Sherman, who they just plucked off the street. Yeah. Jamel Dean. Jamel Dean was out with this game. There you go. I don't know. I Honestly, I couldn't name a D-back outside of Richard Sherman that was playing in this game besides, like, the safety number thirty three that was that had the two pick sixes against Matt Ryan. Uh, that's the only guy I can think of off the top of my head. So it's something Edwards. Yes, <laughs> but but yeah, it's like I think that they could have converted. If I mean, yeah, just I, run they, a quick hitter. And so the thing is, they Richard Sherman was playing this. They they mentioned on the broadcast where he's playing this off coverage where he's playing like this cover three technique where he shades them to the inside but the Buccaneers don't play that technique so they don't have the help on the inside so they would just run this inside dig with Kendrick Bourne and he would just be wide open every time I don't know why that if they didn't go for it like why wouldn't they just do that well they, they <laughs> weren't even and then they started they were sick of Sherman so they started sending him on a blitz just so that he wasn't yeah, back in pass coverage just yeah I don't know Winnable game for New England, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, it, the fact that it came down to a doinked field goal, I mean, is impressive, to say the least, for New England. Matt Judon continues to look fantastic. <laughs> he, it it doesn't the matter. Red sleeves? It don't Ooh. matter. He's getting after whoever is yeah. that quarterback on that other side. Yeah, definitely a, a IDP DL to, to keep an eye on. And I'm pretty sure Suckup missed a field goal, too, early in the game. He he did. So the weather was a factor. Absolutely. That is still a very winnable game for New England. And coming down to this this Monday night game, this Chargers defense looks really good. (laughs) They're just flying around. Derwin James is making plays. Joey Bosa has the sack. Darren Waller can't do anything. Because Derwin James apparently just locks down every tight end that he's going to play against. So, Someone's RIP to this game <laughs> for guess. me. Hey, I am, I'm still alive. Yeah, I, Mike Williams isn't doing much, but Keenan Allen... I, I mean, it's 7-0. to zero. There's eight minutes left in the second quarter. 
uh, Oakland, not Oakland, Las Vegas just punted. I mean, it seems to be the story of the game. This this might just not be that fun of a game. It could just be a defensive tug of war because that's what's been so far. Hey, if if Joy Bosa gets another strip sack and Jonathan Abram gets pick six, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. <laughs> All right, well, you want to throw a heat check at me? Yeah. Um, let's, let's get it. Uh, my heat check is that the New England Patriots should trade for Michael Thomas. Oh, Because okay. if Mac Jones is going to play this style of the short game, mm. Michael Thomas would be back to that wide receiver one, <laughs> leading the league in catches. And it would be incredible. Mm. He would be the best wide receiver they've had since Edelman. And I think he'd be better than Edelman. <laughs> yeah, just just say since Randy Moss because say, it's true. I mean, it's true. It's, uh, true. it's yeah. true. It's true. He'd be the best wide receiver since Randy Moss. Uh, I mean, like, like, there's an argument that, like, the Antonio Brown, but uh, what? He played, like, a couple games. He was living with Brady more than he was playing, <laughs> playing yeah. in games. Yeah, I mean, that's that's nice. I mean, I could see Bill doing that because it seems like when there's a disgruntled star, Bill Belichick is the one that's on the phone. Like, mm-hmm. every time you see this player requested a trade and you scroll through the Twitter replies, it's the Bill Belichick walking out <laughs> of the tunnel. <laughs> so I could definitely see MT being on this, this pass team. That would be a really nice weapon for Mac Jones to, to have – to start his career out because right now it's the cupboards are bare in New England. I mean, Jacoby Myers is getting a ton of targets, but outside of him, I mean, Kendrick Bourne was like the fourth option on the Niners. <laughs> and then Nelson Aguilar had like 70% of a good season last year <laughs> yeah with the with the Raiders and then and then outside of that he hasn't had like any really good seasons and then he got the tight ends that have been underperforming so and, and it's yeah. like the tight ends are good but yeah they run their best stuff <laughs> like when they're split when they're spreading the field Mac Jones yeah their offense is better um they run that Alabama spread offense, and that's when it, the offense gets unlocked, and Mac Jones starts slinging the rock. Yeah, so man. I I like that. What better piece? But, oh, man. MT, oh, that'd be nice. I like that. Well, my uh, I'm gonna say that James Robinson is the streetcar version of Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, elaborate (laughs) so james robinson has all the exact same traits that ezekiel elliott has minus the next year where zeke he he uses that vision that footwork and like the the brain that he has where he picks out the hole and then he pops through it and he always falls forward james robinson is the exact same way but <laughs> once Zeke passes that second level, we saw it on Sunday, he can go. Uh-huh. James Robinson doesn't have that second gear, which is why it's the streetcar version, <laughs> and Zeke is a race car. You feel me? 
I got it. But they're the same kind of car because they do everything exactly the same up until Zeke can kind of punch it and and take it to the crib while James Robinson kind of has to seek out that contact just to kind of try to break that tackle. Knock someone off. Yeah. 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 So uh, that, that's that's what I got. I think James Robinson and Zeke have very similar skills, skill sets, but James Robinson just ain't that fast. Hey, I'd like I like both of them, so <laughs> I, hey, I would be more than happy to have either of them on, on any of my teams. <laughs> I believe that is all for us this week. Yes, on indeed. The Fire Starters podcast. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you next time. Yes, indeed.